Dear students, wherever you go, whatever you do, knowledge is right here for you. AP State Council of Higher Education created podcasts for easy and quick access to innovative learning. They aim to reinforce fundamental concepts. These engrossing podcasts will enable independent learning and enrich your knowledge and skills. Come, listen, learn and lead the world. Welcome to this episode on Rhizopus. In this, we will study about structure of Rhizopus, reproduction in Rhizopus and life cycle of Rhizopus and some economic importance. So Rhizopus is commonly called as bread mold. It belongs to division Eumycota, subdivision Gygomycotina, class Gygomycetes, order Mucarales, family Mucaraceae or otherwise called as Rhizopodaceae. Coming to the occurrence and habitat, it is a cosmopolitan genus with about 10 species. They are filamentous fungi in the family of Rhizopodaceae. Former name is Mucaraceae. It includes under order Mucarales. So Mucaraceae is the former name that means the previous name and it was changed to Rhizopodaceae. This becomes the classification or systematic position of Rhizopus. It belongs to division Eumycota, subdivision Gygomycotina, class Gygomycetes, order Mucarales and family Rhizopodaceae. The common bread mold is Rhizopus stolonifer and it is a popular species. It is a genus of common saprophytic fungi and specialized parasites on animals. So Rhizopus is a genus of common saprophytic fungi. So Rhizopus we can include Rhizopus under saprophytic fungi and it can also be included under specialized parasites on animals. They are found on a wide variety of organic substrates like fruits, vegetables, jellies, syrups, leather and bread. They also grow in soil, cow dung and on variety of plant and animal matter like decaying fruits, bread etc. So this is about the occurrence and habitat. So till now we have studied the systematic position and the distribution or occurrence and habitat. What is habitat? Habitat is the surrounding place where the genus survives. So the, this Rhizopus genus survives on bread, decaying fruits, in soil, cow dung and on variety of plant and animal matter and also on organic substrates like fruits, vegetables, jelly, syrups, leather, bread etc. Coming to the vegetative structure or habit of Rhizopus. Rhizopus plant body is branched, aseptate, filamentous, white cotton like mycelium. 
In the previous class while studying the general characters of fungi we have discussed about this mycelium mycelium is nothing but a group of hyphae interwoven hyphae so here plant body it is included under mycelial thallus that you have to remember so mycelial thallus and that thallus is branched aseptate so whenever septa is not there that is a cross wall is not there generally we find cenocytic nature so how can you define the thallus of rhizopus it is branched aseptate filamentous white cotton like mycelium hyphae are aseptate that means without septa and multinucleate that is cenocytic nature septa appear in older hyphae or at the time of reproduction rarely we observe this septa in older hyphae during reproduction cell walls of the hyphae is made up of chitin the younger mycelium is colorless but it turns black due to the formation of reproductive bodies so whenever reproductive spores are formed we uh, they appear as black in color mycelium inside the substratum produces hyphal branches which come out and spread upon substratum the aerial mycelium gets differentiated into three types of hyphae so mycelium is nothing but a group of interwoven hyphae and those hyphae are of three types one is stolon second one is rhizoid and third is sporangiophores coming to the stolons stolons are the hyphal growths which grow horizontal over the substratum rhizoids are the hyphae which arise from lower side of each node these are branched and penetrate into the substratum they help in fixation and absorption of nutrients so the main function of rhizoids is help in fixation and absorption of nutrients stolons grow horizontal over the substratum and rhizoids arise from lower side of each node and are branched and they penetrate into the substratum that you have to remember as a difference and third one is sporangiophores these are erect unbranched reproductive hyphal branches arise in clusters from upper side of a node so they rhizoids they penetrate into the substratum whereas sporangiophores arise from upper side of the node rhizoids arise from lower side of the node sporangiophores arise from upper side of the node in clusters that means in groups so here you can uh, discuss the structure of rhizopus as a branched aseptate filamentous white cotton like mycelium which includes aseptate and multinucleate hyphae and the aerial mycelium can be differentiated into three types of hyphae namely stolons rhizoids sporangiophores stolons grow horizontal over the substratum rhizoids arise from lower side of the each node whereas sporangiophores arise from 
upper side of the node these are the main differences in three types of hyphae in the next class we will discuss about reproduction in rhizopus welcome to this session on reproduction in rhizopus in the last class we have studied about structure of rhizopus which is commonly called as bread mold if you see the thallus it is filamentous and white cotton like mycelium with aseptate and cenocytic hyphae and we observed that the mycelium includes three types of hyphae namely what are they rhizoids stolons and sporangiophores the main difference between rhizoids and sporangiophores is rhizo rhizoids arise from lower side of the node whereas sporangiophores arise in clusters from upper side of the node so here coming to the reproduction rhizopus reproduces by three methods one is vegetative second one is asexual and third is sexual methods vegetative reproduction takes place by fragmentation that is whenever the mycelium breaks up into fragments each fragment regenerates into a new mycelium so vegetative reproduction takes place by means of fragmentation what is fragmentation whenever any disturbance occurs to the mycelium it breaks up into fragments whenever it breaks up into fragments each fragment has the capacity to regenerate into a new mycelium such type of reproduction in rhizopus we call it as vegetative reproduction or fragmentation so vegetative reproduction in rhizopus takes place by means of fragmentation so define fragmentation means whenever the mycelium breaks up into fragments each fragment has the ability to regenerate into a new mycelium this becomes your definition coming to the second type that is asexual reproduction which occurs when conditions are favorable this fungus carries out asexual reproduction through haploid non-motile sporangiospores while discussing about the general characters of fungi we have discussed different types of spores under reproduction so here rhizopus shows haploid non-motile sporangiospores asexual reproduction in rhizopus takes place by means of haploid non-motile sporangiospores these spores are formed in special sac-like structures called sporangia so where they are formed spores are formed in special structures called sporangia each sporangium is born at the tip of a special fertile hypha called sporangiophore so we have studied under structure that 
there are three types of hyphae in which sporangiophore is one type which arise from upper side of the node of the hyphae in clusters so on the sporangiophore fertile hypha sporangium is formed so sporangium is born at the tip of special fertile hyphae called sporangiophore sporangiophores developed from the nodes of main vegetative mycelium in clusters as we discussed in the structure they are unbranched and slender structures which grow vertically upwards that means they are aerial each sporangiophore develops a fertile sporangium at its free top end so sporangiophore is present sporangiophore at its tip bears sporangium and inside the sporangium spores are formed if you see the structure of sporangium it is fertile swollen spherical portion of a sporangiophore which is born at the tip of sporangiophore mature sporangium shows two main parts one is central sterile dome shaped part called columella so first part is columella columella is present at the center and it is sterile and it is dome shaped so where the position of the columella is at the center and it is sterile because it won't bear spores and it show it appears as dome shaped so these three you have to remember sporangium shows two distinct parts of which columella is a central sterile dome shaped part and an outer fertile sporogenous part so what are the two distinct parts of sporangium one is columella and second one is sporogenous part the part inside the columella is only a densely vacuolated sterile part that means it is not uh, involved in reproduction it is a densely vacuolated sterile part sporogenous fertile part is rich in nuclei and reserve food material as we all know that reserve food material in fungus is what is it cellulose or chitin chitin sporogenous part undergoes protoplasmic cleavage to produce multinucleate non motile spores so here we have seen that sporogenous fertile part is rich in nuclei and now it undergoes protoplasmic cleavage that means breakdown of protoplasm to produce multinucleate non motile spores so non motile means they don't bear any flagella these spores are spherical or oval in shape spores are released after the dehiscence of sporangium at maturity whenever numerous spores are formed the sporangium bulges mucilaginous part in the sporangium and columella absorb water which results in swelling of the sporangium that exerts pressure on the sporangial wall and finally breaks the sporangial wall 
so at maturity whenever the spores are formed what happens the mucilaginous part in the sporangium and columella absorb water which results in swelling of the sporangium and this swelling exerts pressure on the sporangial wall and finally leads to breakdown of the sporangial wall now the spores are exposed then they are released into the atmosphere outside the spores are blown off by wind and germinate after falling on a suitable substratum by producing germ tubes so whenever these spores fall on the suitable substratum they produce germ tubes these germ tubes develop gradually into branched vegetative mycelium of rhizopus so asexual reproduction in rhizopus takes place by means of haploid non motile sporangiospores where are sporangiospores present they are present inside the sporangium and where is sporangium present sporangium is present at the tip of the sporangiophore which is the fertile part and inside the sporangium what are the two distinct parts you have studied one is columella which is sterile and second one is fertile sporogenous part and this sporogenous part is rich in nuclei the whenever the protoplasmic cleavage takes place now it becomes multinucleate and forms spores so these spores whenever uh, whenever the sporangium and uh, columella absorb water the mucilaginous part in the sporangium after absorbing water results in swelling of the sporangium which exerts pressure on the sporangial wall and finally breaks the sporangial wall and thus spores are released outside and these spores are taken over by wind and whenever these spores fall on the suitable substratum they produce germ tubes and these germ tubes develop into branched vegetative mycelium of rhizopus and thus new mycelium appears so vegetative reproduction takes place in rhizopus by means of fragmentation and asexual reproduction takes place by means of haploid non motile spores Welcome to this session on sexual reproduction in rhizopus. In the last class we have discussed that rhizopus reproduces by three methods. One is vegetative and second one is asexual, third one is sexual. Vegetative reproduction takes place by means of fragmentation and asexual reproduction takes place through haploid non-motile sporangiospores. Now In today's class we will discuss about sexual reproduction which occurs by means of gametangial copulation the two gametangia are morphologically similar and hence this type of sexual reproduction we can call it as isogamous type so isogamy means the fusion of two morphologically similar gametangia Rhizopus includes both homothallic and heterothallic species but 
homothallic species are less in number so here fusing of plus or minus gametangia present on different plants is considered to be heterothallism or heterothallic when two compatible mycelia plus and minus strains come closer special hyphae called zygophores are produced by special stimulants called prohormones secreted by both plus and minus strains so whenever the two compatible mycelia that is plus strain and minus strain come closer together they form special hyphae called zygophores how the zygophores are produced by means of special stimulants secreted by these strains then zygophores come into contact and both of them produce progametangia called copulating branches so here zygophores come into contact and both of them produce progametangia and this is called as copulating branch then both progametangia enlarge and develop septa little below their tips by which each progametangium is divided into two parts namely suspensor and the gametangium so as they are separated by a septa the lower part we call it as stalk like part called suspensor and terminal big fertile part bearing progametangia is considered to be now as gametangium so zygophores when come into contact produce progametangia and after formation of progametangia they develop septa little below their tips by which we can uh, divide the progametangia into two parts one is lower small stalk like part called suspensor which bears terminal big fertile part called gametangium each gametangium encloses a dense multinucleated protoplast which is considered as cenogamete so each gametangium is enclosed by multinucleated protoplast hence we are calling it as ceno the term ceno represents multinucleate condition cenogamete gamete bearing multi nuclei it is also non motile and is called as aplanogamete so how can you define aplanogamete a dense multinucleated protoplast called cenogamete which is non motile is considered to be aplanogamete coming to the formation of zygospore the walls of two gametangia now come in contact and wherever they come in contact they get dissolved and protoplast of them fuse to form a zygospore so now whenever two compatible mycelia plus and minus strain come closer together special hypha called zygophores are produced and these zygospores zygophores when come into contact both of them produce progametangia and these progametangia enlarge and develop 
septae little below their tips and now pro- we can uh, divide the progametangia into two parts one is lower small stalk like part called suspensor and second one is terminal big fertile part called gametangium each gametangium is multinucleated in condition and hence we call such gamete as cenogamete and it is non motile and now this condition we call it as aplanogamete the walls of two gametangia when come in contact the walls dissolve and protoplasts of them fuse to form a zygospore normally positive and negative that is plus and minus nuclei pair as they are compatible and fuse to form diploid nuclei in the combined protoplast rest of unfused nuclei undergo degeneration then the young zygospore enlarges and develops a multilayered thick protective wall so thus zygospore is formed and now germination takes place after a long period of dormancy that is rest zygospore breaks open and a germ sporangiophore grows out as a vertical hypha which produces sporangium identical to the sporangium formed in asexual reproduction meiosis occurs during germ sporangium development and thus numerous haploid spores of both positive or negative strains appear these spores on germination form a new mycelium of their respective strains positive spores produce positive hyphae positive strain and negative spores produce negative hyphae so thus new mycelium of both positive and negative strains are formed in sexual reproduction this type of reproduction we call it as gametangial copulation as two gametangia are going to fuse and their walls are going to dissolve and then the protoplasm of them fuses we call such copulation or such reproduction as gametangial copulation coming to the life cycle in rhizopus the vegetative mycelium is haploid it can reproduce both by asexual and sexual means asexual reproduction takes place by sporangiospores but in sexual reproduction we observe zygospore formed by union of gametangia reduction division or meiosis takes place at the time of germination of zygospore now the diploid phase in case of rhizopus is confined to zygospore stage only in the life cycle hence as most of the stage of rhizopus is haploid except zygospore stage with uh, the fusion of nuclei plus and minus strain nuclei fuse except that stage all other stages are haploid that is we can consider this type of life cycle as haplontic type of life cycle
thus in today's episode we have studied about structure reproduction and life cycle of rhizopus so you might have seen the bread when stored in humid places will appear as white to grayish colored mass inside it one day a student brought some bread to eat for lunch suddenly she observed white to grayish colored mass inside the bread piece she brought that piece of bread to the teacher asking for the reason of its color change <clears throat> the teacher took her to the lab and asked her to observe that piece of bread which is contaminated with white or grayish colored mass under a microscope and she came out with a diagrammatic representation of the microscopic observation in her book so as it showed three different parts like stolons rhizoids sporangiophores and these sporangiophores at the tip bear the fertile sporangium and this sporangium also shows two parts a distinct sterile columella and the fertile sporogenous part by observing all these she identified it as rhizopus so we can identify the rhizopus on the bread or on any substratum by these identification characters presence of stolons rhizoids sporangiophores and these sporangiophores arise in clusters and then these sporangiophores should bear a dome shaped uh, columella along with the sporogenous part inside the sporangium and these sporangium bears spores so if your diagram contains all these parts then you can identify the given species as rhizopus the reserve food material in rhizopus is glycogen or oil droplets presence of multinucleate condition and cell wall made of chitin and reserve food uh, material as glycogen we can say it as the internal characteristic features of rhizopus hyphae so these are the main identification features of rhizopus coming to the economic importance what is the economic importance under economic importance you can study both useful and harmful aspects of that species so rhizopus stolonifer is also used in commercial production of fumaric acid though it attacks the bread and causes bread, uh, uh, contamination we can consider this rhizopus stolonifer species under commercial production of fumaric acid rhizopus oryzae is used in production of alcoholic beverages lactic acid etc rhizopus microsporus and rhizopus oryzae species are used to make fermented food from soya beans special soya food dish namely 
tempe is used in indonesia it is popular in indonesia and is prepared by employing the species of rhizopus namely rhizopus microsporus and rhizopus oryzae so these are some of the useful aspects of rhizopus it is noticed that many plant and few human diseases are also caused by certain species of rhizopus fruit rot to strawberry tomato sweet potato is caused by rhizopus stolonifer leek disease to strawberry tomato soft rot or ring rot to sweet potato pole rot to tobacco leaves fruit rot to papaya or few plant diseases caused by different species of rhizopus <coughs> rhizopus arises a species of rhizopus causes a disease by name mucormycosis to humans with hiv or aids symptoms recently this mucormycosis is also observed uh, during uh, covid-19 period corona infection after this corona infected species uh, patients also suffered with this mucormycosis so rhizopus is the main cause rhizopus arises a or h i z u s it is a species of rhizopus that causes a disease called mucormycosis in hiv or aids infected patients and also we can include as covid-19 patients or corona affected patients thus in today's episode we have studied both structure reproduction life cycle and economic importance and practical observation and how to identify in your practical classes